Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. All right, so last week we began to share for the first of two on hearing God's voice. This is one of the basic things for all believers is to be able to hear God's voice. It's something that's not talked about in the church as a whole very often, but it's something that God wants us to know about because everything about this life in God is about a relationship with him. And even as we were singing this morning and as we were talking in communion today as well, everything is about relationship. And relationship has to do with communication. And God didn't make us just to be people who follow rules and lists and live over here separate from him, he came near, came really near and wants to know us. And so I'm gonna share, continue to share some personal stories as well as things that I've learned and seen in the scriptures. And I am believing that we are gonna continue this journey, this adventure of getting to know God where we hear his voice and maybe some ways that We didn't recognize that he's been speaking to us all along. I'm still discovering ways that he's talking to me. I've written down in in my journal with him 20 different ways that he speaks to me right now. And that might be 40 by the time I meet him personally in, in heaven. We'll see. But this is, God is a communicator. And we need desperately to hear him. For ourselves, especially in the days that we're living in, as well as for others. Because hearing him and passing those words along is called prophecy, and it is super encouraging. It's to build up, to encourage, to edify, and we need that as well. One word from God can wipe out a thousand words from the enemy, right? One word from God can change your day, your month, a life. We need to hear him, and he's speaking. So let's dive into some more of this and see what he has to, uh, to say to us. Last week I mentioned Samuel, took you to 1 Samuel 3 where we talked about the story of the boy Samuel in the temple. He hears God, he doesn't know it's God, he thinks it's Eli. God's voice sounds like Eli to him. And I've had that happen before too where I will hear something and it sounds like someone that I know and it's actually God communicating with me. This happens not just for Samuel, this happens a lot. Because God will use things that we're familiar with to speak to us from himself. It's uh, one of the things he does. Do you remember when uh, on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection, Jesus is walking personally with two people who have been disciples and been following him for two or three years and they have no idea it's him. God will sometimes, the spirit will and Jesus, they will kind of camouflage themselves. And the voice... isn't always going to sound thundering. It's not a Cecil B. DeMille's type of echo across the landscape. It's not how God speaks. He speaks through quiet voices. He speaks through sounds like someone else, all those type of things. And if we aren't paying attention or don't recognize or don't have a mindset that is open to different ways than he speaks other than the scriptures and your pastor, then we'll miss him a lot of times. And I've done that. I've missed him a lot. So I don't want to miss him anymore. 
First Corinthians chapter 6 tells us something spectacular. It says that you and I are the temple of God. There is nothing like this in all of the world. Any other religion, there is nothing like this. This is a radical thing. And I think even most believers don't walk around thinking about, I'm carrying God. But we should. That is how amazing this is. We are his temple. John 14, verse 23, going to read this in the Passion Translation. Jesus replied, Loving me empowers you to obey my word, and my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. The Father and the Son have decided to move into you. That's a reality right now, right where you're sitting. That's not hyperbole. That is not me being whatever. This isn't me. This is the scriptures. Christianity is so different than just following some rules. It is about God moving on the inside of you. How could life be boring with God living on the inside? How could life be ho-hum with the one who created it all, found some supernatural way to fit inside of you and I? Not just one of us, all of us who follow him, who've received his spirit. It's amazing. You can just think about that for the rest of the day, really. It's the great mystery, it says in Colossians 1.27. There's a great mystery. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's the great mystery that God has come down. He's not just up there. He has come to earth by his spirit and moved on the inside of everyone who allows him, who invites him. We, were, we started off the first song today. Of course, Kyle didn't know what I was going to talk about. And he's saying, we make space for you. We invite you. Everyone who does that, he responds to that invitation. God responds to the invitation to move on to the inside of us. It's incredible. Which is one reason why the name Holy Spirit starts with holy. And he's a spirit but he is holy. It's part of his name even. And it's what he desires for us to be as well. Because as we are where he lives. You know, my wife and I, we've purchased several homes since we've been married. We've moved around a little bit. I think apartments and homes. The last home we moved into and we're still living in eight and a half years ago, when we found it, and bought it, there were several things we didn't like about it. The colors. Maybe if you were a Washington Redskins or Commanders fan, you would love it. Because it was all those colors, gold and maroon everywhere, with big fluffy curtains everywhere, which if that's your style, that's okay. But that wasn't my style, right? It wasn't something I liked. It was like straight from 1989, and though there were walls that were in places that I didn't think they should have been. So the first thing I did was I hired someone, and Carpenter came in with his team, and they ripped out a wall. Put in a new beam, we rearranged some things, ripped out the counters, ripped out the floor, put new floor in, 
changed things around, the colors we went, began to paint, moving things around, cleaning. There was dirt and stuff in places that I didn't think should, dirt should be there. <laughs> Buildup of things in bathrooms. And so lots of cleaning. Till we got to a spot where we were comfortable in that home. It's like, this is us. I like this place. Now, when you think of the Holy Spirit moving inside of you, he has preferences too. We have preferences. He really has preferences. And his preference is that we would be clean. Right? How are we clean? By the blood of Jesus. His preference is that we would have the mind of Christ. Our thoughts, our, what we see and allow into our eyes, what we allow into our ears, what we think about, decorate the walls of who we are. And the Spirit of God is jealous for having things His way on the inside of us. So when he moves into us and lives within us, there's some, there may be some updating that needs to take place, some renovations. There might be some kicking out of some stuff that needs to not be there because he doesn't like it there. And if we are following God, guess what? Our life is not our own. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. says, but the one, this is spectacular, by the way, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with God. What? That's not talked about very much, is it? We join ourselves to the Lord. We become one spirit with him. That's incredible. I am one. Let's just say that. You probably never said this in your life. I haven't. Say this after me. I am one spirit with God. Thank you, Lord. Do you let us join you? Thank you that your spirit is joined with our spirit. It's not just me. Paul said it this way. It's not just I who live, but it's Christ living in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Right? We're one spirit with him. Verse 18. Then he jumps to immediately, since we're one spirit with God, flee, run away from immorality, which is every kind of sexual activity outside of marriage between one man and one woman. Every single kind of sexual activity that's pornography, that's sleeping around, that is adultery, that's homosexuality, that's oral sex with someone who you're not married to. Every type of Immorality, the Bible says, flee from that thing because the Spirit of God you just join yourself to lives inside of you. He didn't like that. This is his body now, not just yours. This is his body now. So it's, you know, um, the Spirit of God is not like a, bit, a large screen TV that we put in our house and we have the controller. I want to watch that. Nah, let me change it. The Spirit of God, when he moves in, he wants his way inside of here. He's not an add-on. He's not an appliance. 
He's not a decoration. He wants all of who we are. Because of what Jesus has done for me, I can give all of who I am back to him. Join him with one spirit, and then he fills us, washes us, cleanses us. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know, he's reminding us, verse 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own. Let's say that one. I am not my own. I'm the Lord's. For you have been bought with a price. Boy, is the highest price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. Hebrews 12, 2, this is in the Passion, says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. That's that renovation. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. There are things throughout all of our lives that we need to repent of. One of the beautiful things God has given to us is this thing called conviction. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. It's like, you know, when you're driving your car and one of the lights goes off, like your check engine light, which you hate to see, but if there's something really wrong with the car, you want that going on because you need to now fix it. That means something needs help, something needs repaired, something needs attention. Conviction is the Spirit of God causing a light to go off, saying there's something in here I don't like. A mindset, something you've said, something you've done, a behavior, something you're watching, something you're participating in. And the conviction says, uh, okay, let's, let's jettison this. Let's get this out. This is an opportunity to turn to repent, to change my mind, to go the other direction from this thing, and because this is about God living inside of me. This isn't about me, what I want. This is about what he wants. So conviction is a beautiful thing. And then God speaks to us. And when the sin and all the clutter is gone, his voice is clearer. And we can hear him, and we can identify him and we're walking with him. I want to, let's read about Moses for a minute. This is um, Exodus chapter three, first few verses. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Just FYI, when you're pasturing someone else's flock, you would think you maybe are a young man because you don't even own sheep yet. Moses is 80 at this moment. He's still watching someone else's sheep. The priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. 
So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, he called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Get the sandals off your feet. The place you're standing is holy ground. The picture that we have here is an 80-year-old man watching someone else's sheep out in the wilderness, had already murdered somebody and run away to save his own life, right? And he's there for 40 years in the desert, doesn't have his own house that we know of, taking care of someone else's sheep. He's going this way, all the sheep are here, and he sees something to the side. That's how this reads. Catches his attention, his curiosity. And he decides, he makes a decision, whether it's curiosity or not, to go, I wonder what that is. That looks like a glowing bush. Why would that be glowing? This is odd. He decides to leave the sheep for a moment and turned aside to get a closer look. And when he says here, when the Lord saw, verse 4, that he turned aside to look, that's when God spoke to him. God didn't speak to him, hey, come over here and look at the bush. It was the exact opposite. He waited for Moses to turn toward him, and then God spoke. And I've seen that in my life over and over and over. God waits till we want him or ask him or turn aside from what we're doing or what we would like to, even if it's out of curiosity, is that you, God? Remember Samuel? Same exact thing. He's saying, Samuel, nothing else. Samuel, nothing else. Samuel, nothing else. Until Samuel did what? He responded and said, here I am, Lord, speak. I'm listening. He speaks. God will put, as he did with Moses, and he's done this with me, now that I'm paying attention, many times he will put clues, signs, things that pique your curiosity, wondering if, I wonder if they're looking for me today. I wonder if they're waiting to hear from me today. And he's also playful. He's a father. I mess around with my kids. God does too, in a fun way. Because it's about relationship. He will put something out there that will stir your curiosity and it might not stir the curiosity of anybody else. Because he's your dad. He knows what you like. He knows what gets your attention. And if we will turn aside, don't be surprised if revelation comes. If his voice becomes clearer. If you find things out that you didn't know before. Had a personal experience with this. A couple of times. One was the first building we had here when we started the church here. There was a bush outside the building. Uh, I never paid attention to it, like a real bush. We walked inside that, in and out of that door next to that bush, uh, I don't know, hundreds of times. About three years into having that building, and everybody who was coming then went in and out of that door. One day, as I walked out of the door, something caught my attention out of the corner of my eye. And it was crazy because I was teaching on this very thing. And there was something that glimmered in the bottom of the bush. So I went over there and I dove inside this bush. And in the bottom was a newspaper. 
I pulled it out, it had plastic on it still. Pulled the plastic off and all these bugs fell out. It was a Wall Street Journal that was like 13 years old. Been in that bush for 13 years, waiting for someone to turn aside to see what do I have to say. And when I read that, it was a, the Lord started to show me things. The headlines had to do with what was going on in the world at that moment. But it was 13 years later. It was a crazy thing. And it took me on a little journey with God. It was just this, hello, let me show you some stuff that you can pray about, that you can talk to me about. That was a lot of fun. Another time I was praying, I was in the mountains, praying up there, close to Susie and Cameron are here today, close to their house. And um, as I was just praying, I looked down and saw a little, a feather actually, it was a, a pretty good sized feather, about this big, hawk feather. So I picked it up and I said, I asked God a question. This is what we need to do every time. Is this you, Lord? Are you trying to talk to me, or is this just a feather? Because God likes these little things to initiate stuff. So when I said, is this you, Lord, I had to start thinking, in my heart, I've had this stirring, like, yes, like, look me up in the Bible. So I had my Bible with me, and I looked in the concordance for the word hawk. There was one reference in my Bible at that moment. And it said, as the hawk stretches its wings and flies south, so something else. I forgot the rest of it. It's out of Job. And I thought, as the hawk stretches his wings and flies south. At that point, uh, I was working for a ministry called Morning Star, and everybody was moving north toward Moravian Falls. And this says, as the hawk stretches his wings south, and I went, that's the opposite direction. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me in, that, in my heart right then, I want you to move south. I went, oh my goodness. So I took a step toward the van, we drove in, and there's another feather, a little bit shorter. I picked it up, there's another one. Another step, a little bit shorter. There were like, let's see, it was one, two, three, four, four feathers, descending size. I picked up each one, I have a bunch of feathers in my hand, I'm going, Lord, and as each one I picked up, I felt like the Lord said, there's you, there's your wife, there's your first son, there's your second son. And then oh boy, there was a little baby feather. The next step, which we didn't have. And I picked it up, and I felt like the Lord said, there's another one coming. So I have all these feathers in my hand. I get into the car. My friend Steve was in the car, and I've got these feathers. He said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I feel like I'm supposed to move south with these feathers in my hand. Strange, right? He says, okay. We drove down the mountain, and probably, I don't know, five miles away, we're driving, and a street sign on the side of the road stands out to both of us, and it's South Go Forth Street. You can see it off Highway 421. South Go Forth Street. I said, with feathers in hand, okay, here we go. So, long story shorter, we ended up buying a house south of where we lived, well, I've got to tell you this part. We went looking for a house and um, on my birthday, and we get to this one neighborhood, and there's a road that goes down the hill, and you can see this house back in the woods. And my wife said, let's go down there and look at it. But I went, looks a little bit like a dollhouse to me from here. And she said, please, let's just drive down there. I said, okay. So we drive down. My 
son Josiah was three or four in the back seat. As we go down this hill, he, shout, he sees the house from his car seat and says, that's my house. As he said that, a humongous hawk flew out of a tree right in front of our windshield and landed in the tree right next to the house. There's a tree right next to the house. It just lands there. I can feel the shivers right now still. And we just looked at each other like, oh, my goodness. We get out of the car. The thing just looks at us. We look. It was a brand new house that had not been lived in yet. We walked all the way around it. Hawk still in the tree. Right next to the house. I said, okay, Lord. Anyway, we ended up getting the house. Lived there for six and a half years. The Lord led us there. But that was a fun journey. That was just God leading us in a fun way by paying attention to things that he might be putting, little tokens to say, hey, this is me. You want to, you want to learn something? Hey, this is me. You want, you want to go on a journey together? But this also happens similarly. He'll give us things for other people. And those are even more fun. When God gives you something and it's for someone else. Oh, my goodness. You remember... Some of you were in here uh, about a year and a half ago during worship. I heard, well, I'm just worshiping. And I hear, start that pizzeria. That doesn't make a lick of sense to me. For me, I don't need to be starting a pizzeria. <laughs> I knew it wasn't God for me. But I felt like this is for someone else. So I stood up, if you were there that Sunday, and I said, I feel like there's someone in here, the Lord's saying to you, start that pizzeria. It's what I got. No one responded. I just preached instead. That was the end of that. The next day, our office gets a phone call. This guy says, can I talk to Matt? Sure. Talk to me. He said, hey, I was in the service yesterday. He said, the night before, my wife and I were at this closed-down pizzeria because we've been looking for the, next, the last few years about starting a pizzeria, not an Italian restaurant, a pizzeria, and we were at this business that had just closed down. We are talking about, should we buy all their equipment and start? But he said, well, I've been unsure, and we came to your church for the first time. They were first-time visitors that next day, that next morning. And he said, when you said that, I looked at my wife, and I said, what did he say? <laughs> and they weren't sure that that could possibly be what I said, so they didn't respond at all. He said they went home and looked it up on YouTube and listened to it four times. <laughs> this was God telling them to start that pizzeria. That is fun. That is, you know, the prophetic, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, is simply this. That we hear things from God through this personal relationship that we have. And we give away these things. And it's like fresh bread for someone. It's like an encouraging word for someone or to comfort them or to help them, and every single one of us can hear him. Every single one of us are hearing him. You, you give your life to the Lord, you invite the Spirit of God on the inside of you, and you are hearing his voice. And then it's a lifetime of, of figuring out, okay, God, which way are you speaking today? Are you talking through something on the ground or through a billboard? Are you speaking through your word? Is your scripture coming to life on the inside of me, however he's going to do it, and he can do it many, many different ways. And it's because of this relationship with God. 
When I married my, I met my wife actually today, 33 years ago. First time I laid eyes on her. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. We've been married 28. When I first got married to my wife, she would agree, I thought I was good at communication. With women, I thought, I thought I had it fairly circled until I got married, and I realized there's the language of woman that has nothing to do with any language I've ever learned before. It's a completely different language. She would say things like, I'll give you an example. We're watching TV, and she says to me, Matt, there's a seat right here next to me. And I said, oh, that's okay. Thank you, though. <laughs> so that's woman speak. That's woman speak. That is her. She wasn't saying there's a nice, comfortable chair for your backside right here. What was she saying? I want you to come sit next to me. Now, why didn't she say that? I have no I would have done it. I would have done it. But that's not what she said. I'm going to say something that may offend you. Don't be offended, please. When God made Adam and God made Eve, they both came out of him. Is that right? God is the ultimate communicator. But when he made her, I think he put inside of her the majority of the ways that he communicates. <laughs> so that if we're going to learn the language of God, we have to be open to understanding the ways that he communicates. And the ways he communicates is more like a woman than it is a man. Though God is male, do not hear me say that God is female. Both of us came from him, he is male, but the way he communicates most often are with clues and hints and invitations that aren't direct. Because he wants to see what's in here. Just like my wife. She didn't want to ask me directly to sit next to her. She wanted to know Will you respond to the invitation that's in your heart for me to be near me? Do you want to be near me? That's even more of a, what she really was saying. Do you want to be close to me? And a man is clueless. <laughs> so I had to learn this woman language. I'm still learning it because it changes. <laughs> it is not always, and when you think you've got some of it figured out, it's going to change, and you have no idea how all this is going to work. But you keep learning. Keep learning, paying attention. And some of it I have figured out, and some of it, you know, we've just developed over years, and now I understand her a lot more. And now I understand God a lot more because I haven't put him in the box that he's got to say something this way, that way. It's like, okay, God, you're God. You can do this however you want to. So let me pay attention 
to what might be you. And when I'm not sure, let me ask. And that's what I want to encourage us to do, is to ask him questions. It's a wonderful, that's what relationship is. Is this what you meant, Lord? I see something. Are you trying to talk to me? And sometimes it's no. No, that's just a... That's just a $20 bill on the ground. Just wanted you to have it. That's all. Sometimes it's, no, this means something else. And this can be this journey with him. If we're open to him, he will speak to us. And it can be many, many ways. Through these GTs that just started last week, we're doing this series on hearing God's voice for the next five weeks. encourage you to be a part of the GT uh, as we go through some of the ways that God speaks. Because it's a lot of fun. And our Christian walk can change. Changes a lot. And, we, and then we can say, Lord, I'm so sorry I've missed you all these years. All these things you've been trying to say to me. I thought were me. I thought were someone else. Sometimes I thought it was the devil. And you were trying to talk to me. So Lord, help me with that. One last weird way that he speaks. And then there's a bunch more you'll learn through the GTs. I was sitting at my desk. I looked. I bought this digital clock. Digital clock's hanging on the wall, and it would do weird things. It's a digital clock. Should just be very simple. But I would look up, and the time is all messed up. And it's got day, month, year. And the year would sometimes be wrong. The day would be wrong. The time is wrong. Everything's wrong. Frustrating. I take the thing off the wall, I reset it back to normal, put it back on the wall. And then it might jump backwards in time. Different everything else. I take the batteries out, I put new batteries in. Hang it back on the wall. It does it again. And it's never the same. It's something different every time. And finally, I, when things happen enough like that, I'm a little slow, but I do get there. <laughs> and I said, Lord... Is this you? And it was like instantly, yes. I'm trying to show you some things. So then I said, okay, I'm, not, I'm paying attention now. Next time I see that, I'm going to pay attention. So the, it happened again. And I looked at the date, and I don't remember, I think it was in the past. The year switched to something backwards. And so I went to my journals. I've got a whole shelf of journals over the last 25 years. And I turned to that date. And it was what God was speaking to me then. He wanted to remind me of that moment. So then you start paying attention to the clock then. Okay. What are you, what are you trying to say, Lord? And boy, clocks will speak to you a lot, by the way. Just even ones that work all the time. Just normal ones. They could be a scripture. We've had that happen several times. There's so many different ways. God is talking. He's talking. So Lord, we just open up our spirits to hear you. In any way you want to speak, we also, Holy Spirit, respond to you in any conviction that you have of things that you don't like in our lives. We repent of it. We own it. And Lord, we want to get rid of it. We want you to fill every spot and we want you to be happy in this home. We want you to be so happy in there that this is a place you're comfortable to live in, that you want to live in. Lord, I pray for all of us that the reality, the gravity of us carrying you would be so real to us. 
that we would not take it lightly. Lord, I ask for the fear of the Lord, the hatred of evil, that wonderful awe of who you are and you've joined spirits with us. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's end with this and do something a little fun. Could you spot someone that's either in front of you or behind you? Just, just turn around and give a good, quick look or if it's at the back of their head. Don't talk to them yet. No friendliness. Not yet. Okay, you got them in your mind? Let's just ask the Lord for something encouraging for them. Let's ask the Lord for a fresh slice of heaven's bread, buttered from heaven with that little honey that we're going to give to them. This is a word of encouragement. Could be a scripture. Could be a picture that you see. Maybe it's a song that you hear. Whatever the Lord brings to your mind. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, since you are living on the inside of us already, and that you're connected to every part of who we are, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us, to give us something good. Would you give us some fresh bread for this person in front or behind us? Let's just wait just a moment. And typically, it's the very first thing you saw or thought of. Don't discount that very first thing that went flashing through, just instantly. And then ask him, what is it, Holy Spirit? <laughs> what are you saying? What would you like to encourage this person with? Doesn't have to be spectacular, flashy. It could be a one word, something super simple. Go ahead and... Uh, encourage someone in front or behind you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.